0: Rising by your heads, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, my Lord, my strength, my redeemer, in Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, you can stand up for the reading of God's word real quick, for those of you that have your Bibles with you, uh, Romans chapter 8, I have it on the screen as well, as uh, most of you know, we're in a series called Takeover now, amen, take over, take over, so, Romans eight, Romans eight. Whenever somebody says just the chapter, I always assume it's the first verse. So Romans eight, chapter eight, verse one, and it's one scripture, and we gonna dig into this thing. And it states, "There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit." Amen. If you don't mind, help me announce my text. Take over my flesh. Take over my flesh. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Those that were with us last week noticed that I started off with a different uh, graphic. That, that it was take over my family last week, and the graphic that it was in color, the house was in hand to hand, all the family members were holding hands similar to this, but the picture of the house was complete. And I teach the series, so, so as God was speaking to me and I gave you, that's the ultimate end goal, is that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's the ultimate end goal. But before you get to the end, you got to have steps in between. And taking over our flesh, as you see in the picture behind me, the house, what do you see? You see the family, but the house is not built. You see the family, but you see a blueprint. You see a family, and you see before we get any further started, that you got to have a solid foundation. If you don't have a foundation, you don't have a home. If you don't have a foundation, when storms and winds blow, nothing will be able to stand. Take over my flesh. I know pastors young and I like to preach in jeans and t-shirts and nikes and all that But guess what? Pastors still believe holiness is right Amen. Yeah, I still believe God requires us to be righteous once we come to him, amen Uh, I've been around long enough to know that most people is not a faith problem when dealing with people No, no, no You believe God can do what he said he can do Because He's God It's not a faith problem a lot of the time The problem is we have a flesh problem Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah It's our flesh that gets in the way of our future It is our flesh that keeps us depressed It is our flesh that keeps us going in the same cycles Repeating the same mistakes Over and over again we can't get out of It is our flesh is why dummies keep ending up in our bed Praise God, amen Uh, 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is our flesh that we can't control So it is our flesh why we continue to gossip And we continue to lie And in one minute we can cut somebody out And the next minute we can give God all the glory Which makes no sense, why? Because of our flesh so we're going to get to where God has us to be. we got to deal with our flesh. Amen. So first question is, what is the flesh? Maybe everybody don't know what the flesh is. Came across a great article by Charles Pope. I even have it on the screen because I'm going to read it to you. And it states, perhaps most plainly, it refers to the part of us that is alienated from God. It is the rebellious, unruly, obstinate part of our inner self that is operative all the time, which means the flesh don't take no breaks. praise God, amen. Yeah. it is the part of us that does not want to be told what to do. Mm-hmm. It is stubborn, refuses correction, and does not want to have a thing to do with God. Yeah. The flesh hates to be under authority I I'm going read that again. The flesh hates to be under authority or to have to yield to anything other than its own wishes and desires. My God. And we all have to deal with our flesh. The old church, the old church, the only time they said the word flesh was like it was about fornication or adultery. And you in your flesh, you wanna sleep around, you in your flesh, you wanna do that's the only thing they wanna, seem like they talked about flesh, but as I read my Bible, it tells me that if I cut somebody out, I can be in my flesh. Wow. That, that if I'm running around, I'm getting drunk, and I can be in my flesh. If I want that cigarette, if I want that blunt, I can be in my flesh. Then if I'm stubborn, I don't want to submit to authority, I can be in my flesh. If I'm lying, stealing, or lusting, all those things are part of the flesh. Why? Because it's me rebelling against God, not just a sexual desire. God is infinite in his wisdom. I love this. So he allowed his son to be wrapped in sinful flesh. But never sin. I love that. God, God is awesome. He allowed his son to be wrapped in sinful flesh, but never sin. Jesus being a hundred percent God and a hundred percent man, he never sinned, but he walked through this life, and he walked through this human life. And when he was in the garden with his inner circle, he had his three boys, Peter, James, and John, with him in the garden. He was about to die for the sins of the world. And what did Jesus say? Look at what Jesus said in Matthew 24. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said, Peter, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray unless you enter temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Amen. What? Hold up. Did Jesus just tell us something about our own flesh? Did Jesus, who's 100% God, 100% man, who never sinned, felt the power and the burden of sin he's about to walk to the cross he's about to die and he's never disobeyed his father he's never had an issue obeying God but now he comes to the moment the pinnacle of, of him dying for us and he says you know what my spirit is willing but my flesh is weak Amen. and then Jesus the bible said he went to go pray a second time Y'all missed that, amen, because when our flesh get weak, I doubt yeah, we pray the second time, amen, that, that Jesus' flesh got weak, and he prayed, and he said, you know what, I don't feel like I can overcome this yet, amen, see, what happens with us, we pray once, and we hold on and say, well, I, I prayed about it with God, I just got to give in, God, I'm sorry, God, I, I prayed, I try to ask, I try to ask you to help me, but I just wanted too bad, no, the Bible says Jesus prayed a second time, so when our flesh get weak, yo, sometimes you got to go back to God, and ask him to continue to fix you, continue to help me Because I don't feel like I can overcome this And when he went back a second time He said, Father, if this cup can pass, let it But nevertheless, not my will be done Your will be done He overcame his flesh when he went back a second time So we hear in Romans chapter 8 As it said, the first scripture And, and, and Apostle Paul wrote this And he said There is therefore now no condemnation And we learn this Whenever you see the word therefore You must ask what is it there for? Amen. Bible study 101. Amen. So the only way to figure that out is go back to Romans chapter 7 real quick. And I'm going to give you a quick synopsis of it. Because the Apostle Paul was tripping. He don't understand. He says, you know what? That nothing good dwells in my flesh. There's nothing good about me inside this flesh that I have. Anything I want is bad. He, said, he says, my flesh always desires bad. So that means what? That I cannot be what? Self-righteous. The Bible says this. That our righteousness is as filthy rags to him. Wow. My God, and filthy rags were the rags they used on their menstruals. Praise God. That's what he's talking about. That our righteous with hey, on our best day. That's what we look like to God. Amen. amen. That our righteousness is nothing but filthy rags to him, amen. He knows our hearts, he knows our intents. So we can't claim to be that good and that great, but it's a trip because Paul says, Whenever I want to do right, I still do wrong. Wow. And I just don't understand it. Yeah. Whenever I feel like I'm trying to do good, evil is still present wow. with me. I want to do this but I can't Ain't nobody else feel like that Amen. i wait waiting on the real side To give me a what, what, a, word, a or something Because I I, I want to do right but I can't I, My mind is made up to do right But I still do the wrong thing I'm struggling Paul said sin that is living in me And it's driving me crazy Because I know God is good I know his law is good I know he's perfect But the problem within me So Paul going through all these things He's tripping He said this life is miserable Who can save me? Then he gets the answer He said Jesus Christ who died for my sins, who gives me the power through the Holy Spirit. That's why I can live this life. That's how I can walk outside of my flesh. That's why in verse 8 he said, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk. Not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Amen. Amen. So Paul, Paul's writing this book to the Romans. He's trying to get them up to speed. He says this. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. Verse 4, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh. But according to the spirit my god my god amen. paul dropped the bomb on us right there he said the holy spirit has made us now to be able to walk free that yeah. jesus died came and died in the flesh yeah. and yeah. sinful death yeah. now god has given us the holy spirit it's giving me the power not to walk in my flesh yeah. but walk in the spirit yeah. uh the law which is outlined mostly by the 10 commandments amen it's built on two principles love god with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself yeah. the whole 10 commandments built on that principle that you got to love God with all your heart and love your neighbors all by, uh, as yourself. So the law is perfect. Paul was not uh, negating the law. He declares the law is perfect but the law was weak. Why? Because it could show us our sin but it couldn't deliver us from our sin. It could show us what a murderer was. It could show us what a covenant was. It could show us what adultery was. It could show us what being disrespectful to your parents or it could show us what our idolatry was but it had no power to help us because we were in bondage to sin. So God sends His Son in flesh to take over that. So now we can walk freely. Okay. Okay. Making point. Okay. Okay. The flu shot. The flu shot. I haven't got the flu shot, but in theory, if theory, the flu shot. When you get it, what happens? They, stay in, they stick your needle in you and give you a flu shot, right? And the vaccine it stimulates your body. They put the flu in your body so that when the flu strand comes up against you your body has already touched it so now it can't take over your body. Right, right. But when people get the flu shot, what happens? They get sick. Uh-huh. They go, I got not do to understand how am I sick and I got a shot to prevent this. It's because the sick, because when the shot comes in, it has an effect on your whole body wow. to first break it down but then it builds it up so now by the blood of Jesus. And then the blood of Jesus gets inside me. At first, my sins don't like it. At first, my sins is tripping and saying, why are you doing this to me? I love this. My flesh wants to do this. And it begins to make me sick. But after a while, it builds me up enough strength And when that sin come around, I said, I ain't got to do this no more. I've been freed. I can walk in the spirit and not the flesh. Amen. God is trying to show us when you let him get inside, he will change you, but you got to let him get inside. Amen. That the Holy Spirit will help you walk in the way of God Amen So Paul says this in in Romans 8 and 5 For those who live according to the flesh Set their minds on things of the flesh Uh, But those who live according to the spirit The things of the spirit Did the Bible just declare to me that Whatever I set my mind on is what I will have Mm -hmm. Did did the Bible just tell me that Did the Bible just say what I set my mind on Determines how I move Did it just tell me that? Uh, uh, could it be, my dear uh, brothers and sisters and Christians in here today, that the reason that we get stuck in sin is because our mind is stuck in sin? Wow. Oh, that might have went over your head. Praise God. Amen. Okay. That, that the reason that you are drowning in depression because your mind is depressed. Wow. Uh, the reason you are filled with frustration because your mind are focused on things that are frustrating. If you're going to break free and allow God to take over, that means you got to allow him to take over your mind. Uh, uh, the Bible is clear uh, that, 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 that what I think is what I have, amen. And if I train my mind and I can go somewhere, but if we let these things take over our mind, we won't get nowhere. Your mind set their minds, those that set their mind on the flesh, set their mind on the spirit. Uh, once you made your mind up, it's already set. Yeah. If you made your mind out going to the club Saturday night you going to the club, praise God, amen Ain't nothing going to stop you, I don't care what happened throughout the week I don't care whatever, I got my outfit picked out I got my shoes, I got my ready I don't care, even if they if they cancel me I'm going to go by myself, because I might see somebody I know, praise God It don't no matter what happened. my mind is set On doing, so when our minds are set Is there really anything that can stop us? If my mind is set, I'm getting up and going to church tomorrow morning, like you all that are here today. Couldn't stop you from getting here this morning. I don't care what kind of week you had. I don't care if work was crazy. I don't care if your people were hating on you. I don't care whatever you went through or heartbreak. If your mind was set, I don't care what's going on with nobody else. I'm getting up, and I'm going to make sure I'm here. Why? Because my mind is set. So what God is trying to show us that when our mind is set on something, that's what we're going to do. So when you made your mind up, you're going to do it no matter the cost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've already set your mind to do it. I love this. The Apostle Paul goes from one extreme to another. He says that those that set their mind on the flesh do things of the flesh. Mm-hmm. But then those who set their mind on the spirit do things of the spirit. He's showing that there there's a direct distinction and noticeable difference between those who walk in the flesh and those who walk in the spirit. Mm-hmm. They're not the same. It's a, it's a difference. Amen. Uh, how many people seen the movie Terminal Praise God. Amen. Y'all seen Terminator? Okay. 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 Praise God. Amen. Y'all seen Terminator. Okay. All right. All right. These, are, these are two pictures up here. Uh, 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 they're the same man. Arnold Schwarzenegger, but it's from two different movies. Uh, uh, on one, when he's holding the gun up like this, that's, that's Terminator 1. And the other one is Terminator 2. So if you've seen the movies, you know Terminator 1, what happens? Arnold comes to uh, Earth. He's looking for a woman named Sarah Connor. He got to destroy the resistance. So his job is to kill Sarah Connor programmed to kill Sarah Connor. So what does he do? He goes to a phone book. Street, no, old school. Y'all might not know about phone books. The young in here. But you used to have to go to a pay phone. And pay phone had a phone book in it. Amen. And he would flip through it. And he looked up everybody named that was Sarah Connor. He was going house to house. Boom. Sarah Connor. Boom. Sarah Connor. Trying to take out Sarah Connor because he didn't know which one was the right one. This whole movie, he's trying to kill Sarah Connor to take out her and her son John Connor. But in Terminator 2, Arnold shows up again. But this time he looks the exact same, but he got a different mission. Right. This time his job is the same, Sarah Connor. Wow. This time his job is the same, John Carter. All I'm saying is what he said in his mind on how he was programmed in the first movie wasn't how he was programmed in the second movie. He was programmed to kill, steal, and destroy in the first movie. The second movie was programmed to protect and help and encourage. Amen. So what I'm saying, though, even though he looked the same. same on the outside but when he reprograms your mind you're not the same on the inside that's why any man in christ he's a new creation all things that pass away behold all things become new god Don't know who you are on the inside. And when they want to say, let's do this and do that, they like, you're not the same person no more. You're not the person I knew, what happened to you. And you can tell them I set my mind on things of the spirit. I'm not better than you, baby. I'm not, I'm not none of that, amen. I just set my mind on things of the spirit. I'm not hating on you. You want to do that two hours, but where I'm at, where me and God is rocking right now, and the peace he got me in, and the love he got me in, and the joy I got, I can't do those things. I got to set my mind on things of the spirit. I've been reprogrammed, amen, by the blood of Jesus. I'm not the same person no more so, so, so Paul is letting us know That God can do something miraculous in our life Look at Romans 8 verse 6, 7 and 8 For to be carnally minded Which is fleshly minded Is death But to be spiritually minded Is life and peace i got to pause for the cause right there. I don't think I go no forward because that's deep to me. Because he's saying that if I have my mind set on things of the flesh, then my mind is in death. What does he mean? Does he mean that that, that I'm going to die right now? No, he's not talking about that. But he's saying that you have your mind on dead things. Mm -hmm. And you wonder why your life won't grow. And you wonder why you can't get what God has for you. Because your mind is set on dead things. Uh, if it don't grow, you gotta let it go, sweetie. You gotta get rid of that thing, amen. Then when my mind is set on dead things, I'm gonna always get dead results. Said, to be carnally minded is death, but then He said, "But to be spiritually minded is life and peace." Amen. Somebody, share. I need all the life and peace I got. I need every bit of peace. I need all the peace God got for me. I got enough hell on this earth. I got enough hell on this job. I got enough hell dealing with people. I need all the peace. God got for me amen, amen. the Bible is clear I will be in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee amen. see when our mind is stayed upon him we give peace from him uh-huh. because we're thinking God thoughts not our own thoughts uh-huh. then he says in verse 7 but the carnal mind is enmity against God for it is not subject to the law of God nor indeed can it be enmity to God. What is he saying? He's saying the carnal mind is hostile towards God. If you ever see something that's hostile, it's violent, it's angry, it's upset, doesn't want to submit, doesn't want to do anything. He says when we're walking in our flesh, our mind is hostile against God. And that's when we see the people that, that, that they don't understand when I'm on my walk and, and I'm living how I'm living. Like I said, they don't understand that. And why you got to go to church? Right. Why you got to read your Bible? Yeah. Why you got to go pray? Why are you going out? There? They don't understand. They're hostile. Why? Because they're living with a calm mind. Wow. And see, I have to understand that and say, you know what? I can't walk in my flesh because you're in your flesh. Hey. Somebody gotta grow up, amen I can't react how you react She said earlier today That it's my responsibility how I respond Just cause you act the fool don't mean I gotta act a fool Praise God, amen Just cause you acting crazy don't mean I'm acting crazy I got too much peace in the bank I'm not about to withdraw all my peace from you You ain't that important, amen I got too much peace over here I got too much joy over here And I'm not gonna withdraw all God has did for me To the positive that in you And all that negative energy, I don't have time got to understand that, that the carnal mind is hostile towards God. Wow. So if that's the case, if our mind is hostile to so the unbeliever or unrepentant Christian, the problem must is much deeper than just acts of disobedience. Yeah. yeah we are merely an outward manifestation of our inner fleshly compulsions. Yeah. So what I show on the outside is really just what's happening on the inside. Yeah. If I'm angry with you, I'm probably angry with me. Right. If I'm being mean to you, I'm probably being mean to me on the inside. If I have no peace in me, I'm not going to make sure you don't have no peace. That we give our reflections of what we're dealing with on the inside. So it doesn't matter how moral a person appears or how religious they appear, their actions and their attitudes, if they're orientated towards self-gratification, then you are in your flesh. The flesh, which is enmity or hostility towards God. Put some Bible on it, Pastor, when Jesus, uh, uh, because the flesh is all about self-gratification. When Jesus was in the wilderness and he fasted for 40 days, what did the devil do? The first thing the devil came, he fasted for 40 days, didn't eat or drink anything. The first thing the devil said is I know you are hungry. Turn these stones into bread. Turn them into some house Honey butter, sweet looking good. Jesus, you can do it. You know you hungry. Turn them into bread, and I know Jesus probably said, "I am hungry," and that sounds real good right now. And I can turn those stones to bread, but then He said, "You know what? That man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God." Yeah. 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 See, He chose to be fathered instead of being fed. My God, Amen. I don't, think that, I don't think I got that. He chose to be fathered instead of being fed, which means I'm choosing to submit. To God and to feed my own flesh, Amen. I'm choosing to follow God's plan and to feed my uh, my my myself because I know I need God more than I need myself. Jesus in the garden, same thing when, when we was praying and, and God he said, God, will you take this cup from me? That's self-gratification. He didn't want to die on the cross for our sins. And we can see that that we are gonna get beat, whipped, spit on, hurt, that our closest friends wasn't gonna rock with us no more, that our homeboy Judas was gonna betray us, that Peter and them was gonna deny me. Everybody gonna leave me. My mama crying and hurt. And we can see all that along with the pain. We wouldn't want to go to the cross either. And he didn't, but then he said, Nevertheless, Father. Not my will, your will be done because the self-gratification. He said, I can't satisfy myself. I gotta satisfy you. Why? And that is so important. Because of verse 8. Because he says, So then those that are in the flesh cannot please God. Wow. If we're in the flesh, we cannot please God. You go. Cannot. You know what that means? Not not be able to cannot. It's, it's impossible. Cannot please God. John 2 and 15. Do not love the world, neither the things of this world. For if any man loves the world, then the love of the Father is not in him. So God's calling and saying, look here, look here. If you love things that are outside of me, that means my love ain't inside of you. Ooh. Stop so I, I hear what I said. If you love things outside of me, that means my love ain't inside of you. It's what he's saying. So he said, all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the proud of the life. That's all that's in the world. So he's saying that when we are in the lust of the eyes and lust of the flesh and living and doing how we want to do, then we cannot please God. It's impossible to please God when I'm not living according to his will and his word. And it would be all doom and gloom. It would be all that sadness. But the one that came out of the tomb, look at verse 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Somebody should have yeah. shouted at me. Yeah. Shout out Maria yeah. again yeah. before I got to that comma. Uh, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Amen. I need Lord, some people that's in the spirit God. today. Uh, uh, indeed, that the spirit of God dwells in you. Yeah. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his, my God. I love that. I love that. Paul said everything is jacked up with the flesh, but you are not in the flesh. I love the encouragement Paul was writing to the Romans, but also writing to us thousands of years later that we are not in the flesh. So, if you're going to you, me, us, we are going to transcend from walking in the flesh to walking in the spirit, then one thing we're going to have to be, baby, and that's discipline. Yeah. We're going to have to be disciplined. Amen. Uh, 1 Corinthians 9, Paul was talking about running a race. He says this Do you not know that all who run in a race, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. Paul was saying, look here, everybody, when it's a race, everybody is running a race, but only one person is going to win the race, amen? So you got to run till you can obtain it. What does that mean? You got to do your best. You got to train and be disciplined, but also you got to operate by the rules as well. You got to do everything you can to make sure you come out victorious. He said, therefore, I run this not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one that beats the air i love this because paul said i'm not just shadow boxing out here i'm not just slap boxing out here i'm running this race i'm doing my best to come across to what i need to be but paul is expressing to us that liberty cannot be limited without self-control Amen. that you're gonna have to have self-control if you're gonna run this race That's good. That's good. Uh, if you remember a couple weeks ago i told you uh, quit worrying about saying it, uh, is it do i have the right to do this and ask is it profitable Quit saying I got the right, you got the right to do anything you want, you That's it. You free, free moral agent. you can do whatever you choose to do. But just because I have the right to do it, don't mean it's profitable to me or my soul or my spirit or my family. Don't, don't mean that it's profitable to me, amen. So Paul is expressing this, that, 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 that if you're going to run in a race, you must have compete according to the rules. What does that mean? I looked this up in Olympic history from October 1968, from February 2020, 148 medals have been stripped. And nine medals declared vacant after being stripped. Why were they stripped? Because people cheated in the Olympics. And if I'm cheating, what does that mean? That means I'm in my flesh. That means I'm willing to do whatever it takes to win. I don't care what the rules, I'm going to bend the rules. I'm going to break the rules. I'm going to give me some steroids. I'm going to give me some shots. I'm going to cheat, whatever the case may be, because I'm in my flesh. The flesh only wants us to think about the, the results and Not the consequences wow. See the crazy thing about the flesh What the flesh won't let you know is that You can pick your sin but you can't pick your results oh, wow. You can pick your sin but you can't pick your consequences oh, The wow. flesh just wants you to feel good and get it over with But then they don't want you to have to deal with all the mess That come behind all that, amen yes. So we must understand The importance of running a race correctly And then Paul drops this bomb In 1 Corinthians 9 I discipline my body and bring it into subjection subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. I love this because Paul is talking about his flesh. He said, look here, I discipline my body like an athlete. I make sure that I got to do what I got to do, because if I don't, I'm no different than you. I'm going to end up walking in my flesh. So I got to discipline my body. Muhammad Ali, probably the greatest fighter ever. He had a quote and I shared it with my son. My son don't like training, Daniel don't like going to basketball training sometimes He gets frustrated, he gets upset, It gets hard, he gets tired I don't want to train, I said, okay, that's cool Nobody likes to train, son yeah. <laughs> Nobody likes to train, nobody likes to train Training is not fun, it's not fun Playing the games is fun, but training is not fun So I let him see this quote from Muhammad Ali And Muhammad Ali, the, the, the greatest, the Cassius Clay, said this He said, I hated every minute of training but if I could suffer a little while longer I knew I would become heavyweight champ Praise God, amen yes. I need some people that's willing to suffer, amen yes. That's willing to discipline their body And say, God, I'm going to discipline myself I'm going to get it together I'm going to fast, I'm going to pray And I'm going to push through So I can be the champion you have called me to be Yes, yes. Two attributes of the fruit of the spirit That we can't miss to have to deal with our flesh I believe or what? Self-control and long-suffering yeah. And dealing with your flesh, you're gonna to have to have some self-control. Amen. We see people that don't have no self-control, right? Amen. We know people in our lives, sometimes family members and cousins and friends, sisters and brothers that have no control. You like, oh my God, what are you doing? Your life is out of control, and we see the results of it. You got to get some self-control, but then you also got to have long suffering. Yeah, cool. One of the requirements of being a disciple of Christ is what? To put your flesh in check. I to do a series on this. Jesus said this that, that if you're going to follow me, you first must deny yourself. Nice. Yeah, right. If you're going to follow me, the first thing you got to do to check out is, is deny who you are. Yeah. Pick up your cross and follow me. That ain't fun. Ain't man. When Jesus picked up a cross, he got a, a lot on. When he picked up a cross, he got betrayed. When he picked up a cross, he got spit on. When he picked up a cross, he got beaten with. When he got picked up a cross, he got thorns on his head. When to the cross. So guess what? If you're going to follow Jesus, you want to deal with the persecution. You, you got to deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. If you're not ready to do that, you're not ready to be one of his followers. But another reason I had to let him take over my flesh, watch this, watch this, because of the future he has for me. I thought I had some dreamers in here. I thought I had some visionaries. I thought I had some people that got goals and plans things bigger than, bigger than what they can think of. Uh, 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 I gotta deny my flesh yes. because the future he has for me. What do you mean pastor? Because uh, 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 God says stuff like this that I know the plans I have for you. Yeah. Yeah. Thoughts of good and not of evil. Yes. But to bring yes. you to a hope and expected end. That's what yeah. God says. Okay. Yes. God says like this. Uh, uh, my thoughts are not your thoughts and neither my ways your ways. As high as the heavens above the earth as high as my thoughts are you. That, 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 that my word will accomplish in you what I said it would do. That you see the clouds and it brings down rain And it goes to snow in the seasons And then it goes away and it comes back up And it never returns void My word never returns void Which means I'm here to encourage you yeah. And speak in your life yeah. I have a future and a destiny picked out for you But it's up to you Wow! I got plans for you But it's up to you yeah. That's why Paul wrote this in that same chapter Romans 8 verse 18 For I consider the suffering of this present time are Not worthy to be compared With the glory that shall be revealed in us You're going to suffer to get to glory Don't get it twisted It's going to be some suffering to get to the glory Uh, Paul was writing to Christians who were were being beheaded And Paul himself was beheaded By the the, uh, Roman Emperor Nero at this time That that he knew his days were shortcut coming to an end Because they were going to behead him They were going to kill him So people were getting beheaded They were dying at the stake They were getting set on fire Uh, The Christians were getting uh, thrown to the lions And Paul says I know you're suffering in this present time not worthy to be compared to the glory that would be revealed in us. Yeah. And I'm crazy enough to believe that yes, 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 that we're gonna suffer on this earth and God got some glory for us, that God got some amazing things for us to heaven. But even when I suffer on earth, I believe He wants to reward me on earth too. Yeah, yeah I don't believe all my suffering down here in vain. I believe God got some big blessings for me. I believe God's gonna open the door. Too many people in the Bible have been blessed. I see God moving too many people's lives to think that He wants my whole life down here to be doom and gloom. Uh so so so, so the suffering of won't be compared to me getting the right mate mm. I should have had some so Somebody here should have been excited about that uh, the, the suffering of celibacy the nights nice, I got to keep it to myself and pray and ask God to help me and help me move this thing won't be compared to him give me the right mate. That's okay, hard. okay. The, the suffering of not having enough but still tithing, yeah. The suffering of not having enough and God, I don't have all I want but God, I trust I'm going right. to give you what I got yeah. because you asked me to give it. So when my windows get open from heaven and begins to pour on me right. a blessing that I don't have room enough to receive, I'm grateful and not to be compared. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Thank suffering Lord. of being betrayed. Uh, won't be compared to the blessing he has for me on the other side That betrayal hurts and it might break me down Jesus was betrayed and killed But he grows up from the grave And sits at the right hand of the father That the sufferings won't be compared Okay, okay, on the pastor, because I don't think y'all get it, Job, Job, y'all know who Job is, I ain't got time to go through the whole story of Job, but Job went through it all, he lost all his camel, all his sheep, all his donkey, he even lost all his children, his houses, the devil came and destroyed everything he had, and he said, you know what, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord, Lord. my God, my God, what an awesome man Job was, and, and then, and then the devil came again and said, you know In her flesh. Won't you just curse God and die? God that did all this and did all that and seem like God don't care about us. Everything is wrong. And he said, Look here, lady, look here. Don't you ever talk like a foolish woman? Should we not only accept good at the hand yeah, of the God and not be able to deal with the bad when it comes to us? No, no, no. So the Bible says, All Job and all his craziness, he did not sin. So Job went through this whole experience with all his friends hating on him, all kind of crazy stuff. But at the end of the story, my God, he got more donkey than he had before, he got more cattle than had more sheep than he had before. He had more children than he had before. Lived hundreds of more years and got to see his grandchildren. Amen. All I'm saying is that the suffering will not be compared to the glory that God has for you. Amen. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. The next question I got to get out of my flesh. I'm almost done. Nothing can separate me from him. Nothing can separate me from him. He's clear about that. That God loves us that much that nothing will separate us from him. He's clear about that. Him and I are, are together. We're, uh, uh, we're, we're binding together that he's not going nowhere and I'm not going nowhere. Yeah. That, that, that we're together. Look what the Bible says. Romans 8.35 Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Yes. Yes. Shall tribulation or distress? Or persecution or famine? Or nakedness or pale or sword? God did not only not spirit, God spared spirit his only begotten son for us so that nothing can separate us from the love yeah. of him. Yeah. So God gave his sons to show us nothing can separate us from him. The question is, what is separating your love from him? Uh-huh. That's the question. But uh-huh. well, what is separating you from loving God like he loves you? Yeah. Uh, okay, it, it was a tsunami in 2004. We remember the tsunami. And there was a supermodel named Petra Nemkova who was at the resort in Thailand, supermodel. And uh, the, the catastrophic event came, the tsunami came, killed over 200,000 people in 11 countries, it was crazy. And she was there with her boyfriend, our photographer, and, and, and they passed away in the tsunami, they did, not, they did not make it. And she got swooped away too in the tsunami. But, but, but what happened with her is, it was a palm tree around, and she grabbed onto the palm tree. And she clung onto the palm tree. And she's trying to survive the tsunami. And not only did she clung onto a palm tree, but she broke her pelvis while holding onto this palm tree. She had internal injuries while holding onto this palm tree. She's holding onto this palm tree, and she had to hold on for eight hours until the water subsided. But eventually, she was rescued after holding on to eight hours. Uh, okay, okay, I missed that. Praise God. She is in a storm she's hurting she's broken her pelvis she has internal injuries and the only thing around was a palm tree and she grabbed onto the palm tree Jesus. see a palm tree is like, not like a normal tree yeah. see a palm tree has deep roots yeah. and palm trees go all the way down until they find a the rock Jesus. and when they find a the rock they wrap their boots yeah. around the rock yeah. that's why when they get there, that's why you look at storms and hurricanes you see the palm trees they bend down but guess what they come back up praise yeah. god yeah. All I'm saying is that she didn't have a hope. She didn't have a chance. But she grabbed on something that was tied to the rock. Praise God. Amen. I think the Bible calls God my rock. I think the Bible calls Jesus a rock. Amen. That the palm tree was tied to the rock. And she was able to hold on for eight hours and make it out of a storm that nobody thought she was able to. Why? Because she held on to the rock. Nothing was going to separate her from that tree. So I got to ask you, is your mind made up that nothing can separate you from the love of God? Jesus. That I'm tied to when I'm bonded. Look what the verse said. Is tribulation, separating you from the love of God, wow. is heartache and pain. Is distress separating you from the love of God? Wow. Is persecution, people messing with you, and we don't even face persecution like the rich, like the old school Christians. Ain't nobody over there in Egypt is happy, but ain't nobody cutting your head off for of loving it. Jesus. That's it. Ain't nobody telling you to go to church that, that We're going to arrest you and take you to jail. We still got freedom. And we still can't get here like we should and give God all the glory. And we living in all these other countries. One of my buddies, uh, Pastor Rashad, is going to be here in a month. He went to India, y'all. And guess what? They had to have underground churches. Like, they couldn't let people know they was having church. He was over there for about three weeks in, the, in places where they didn't even know like they had to sneak and hide and creep. That's dangerous. And we don't even experience that. But nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. See, when you are led by our flesh, it diminishes the work of the Holy Spirit and the power of God in your life. See, I got two options. I'm going to let God take over. Or I'm going to let my flesh take over. Yeah. See, when I let God take over, my mind frame is changed. So when I let God take over, I realize that, 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 that I am more than a conqueror through him that loved me. Because of his word, because of his word. Jesus is the word. The word became flesh and lived among us. So when I let his word take over me instead of my flesh, I realize I am more than a conqueror than him who loves me. I can stand like the Apostle Paul. Apostle said this is the end of Romans 8. Y'all can read it on your own. He said, I'm persuaded that nothing can take me from the love of God. Uh, another version said, I'm convinced that nothing can take me from the love of God. Uh, Pastor George said, I know that I know. Amen. Praise God. That nothing can take me from the love of God. He said, I stand here, not death nor life. So I don't care who dies or what happens. Nothing's going to separate me from the love of God nor life. No matter how much God gives me or how much he blesses me, I'm not going to let death, I'm not going to let my blessings separate me from the love of God. Then he said, not angel nor demon, none of that stuff. I don't care what spooky stuff you're in. I don't care what you're doing. Ain't nothing gonna separate me from the love of God. I'm covered with the blood. Then he says, my present or my future. I don't care how good my life is right now or how good my life gets. I'm still gonna give him the glory. I'm still gonna give him the honor and praise. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Then he said, any power. I don't care how much power you got, because God got all power. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Then he said, height nor death, I don't care how high I get, Or how low I get. How much I have or how much I don't. How much I'm feeling good or how much I'm hurting. It doesn't matter. Nothing will separate me from the love of God. And then he had a nerve to say not only with nothing, but nothing in all creation. I don't care what's going on in life. Nothing will separate me from the love of God. So when our minds are made up and we say, God, I set my mind on things of the spirit and not the flesh. He ain't saying you're going to be perfect. Ain't what he's saying. He's saying that I have enough sense in my mind to say You know what God I'm walking with you I'm talking with you I'm expecting you to leave me and I'm surrendering to you And then if I did mess up I got an advocate who is Jesus the Christ yeah, I can go to him for forgiveness yes. And say God cleanse me And wash me and make me anew So I can continue to walk in the destiny that the common you have yes. for me amen Good. We give God a praise in this place amen. Glory to God Glory to God Glory to God amen. God we thank you who you are amen. Yes, yes. I want warning you. And I don't know where you're standing today in your relationship with Christ, or which of you you're saved and not saved. But I hope you're inspired to make a decision and say, God, I need you to take over. That I'm tired of doing things my way, that my way has been running my head into the brick wall. And my way keeps me down and out. In my way, I'm tired of going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. The Bible is clear. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Yeah. And God wants you to have stability. God wants you to have power. God wants you to have breakthrough. Yes. God wants you to live an abundant, blessed life. Yes. But you got to choose him. So I don't know where you stand in relationship with Christ. If you're saved or need to rededicate your life. Or, or need special prayer, whatever you stand in the need of today, let God have his way and let him take over. He said, I need to take over. You're giving up my time to too many people. You're giving up my time to too many things. I need to take over your life. Because when you let me take over, then I begin to overtake and then watch my blessings overtake you. That I'm here to do it all. Amen. Praise God. That God wants to take over our lives, y'all. And the reason I gotta let him take over is because it's too much for me to handle. It's too much for me to handle that 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 the the the, 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 to the stress and the burden and the weight that I gotta carry is too much for me to handle. And God is saying, "Look here, I need you to overtake it, Amen." In the name of Jesus, I need you, God, to overtake it. The enemy's been tricking us and, and fooling us for way too long, and I'm tired of the devil. He don't play fair. He don't fight fair. He a deceiver, he a hater, he a liar, I can't stand it. I can't stand the devil. I just need some people with me that's on the same thing. I can't stand the devil because he's a liar, he's a thief, he's a conniver. He wants to steal our joy, our peace, our love. He wants to steal so much from us. But God is saying, no, let me take over. Quit fighting that battle on your own. You keep repeating that cycle on your own. You keep going back to the same stuff, the same mess over and over and over again. Why? Because you won't give it to me. You won't give it to me. I'm trying to take you to another level, and you're still fighting that same silly devil. I'm trying to take you to another level. I'm trying to show you what I have in store for you, what I've created you to be, not what somebody said you were, not with the negative words somebody spoke over your life. But allow me to take over, and allow Him to take over. You gotta surrender, baby. You gotta throw up that white flag. You gotta throw up your white hands. You gotta throw up your white hands. Your hands say, "God, I'm done." I remember the day I surrendered like no other. I had to of my hands like, God, I'm done. My, my, my relationship, me and me, like the time you weren't married, then it was a mess. I had trouble on my job. Everything around me was crumbling. And God, I love God because God allowed it to crumble so I could get to him. God's so good that he allows things around us to crumble just to show us that you need me. That I don't care how I think you're good. You think you got it. You confront and think it's good and great and gravy. But you need me. And the only reason I allow it to crumble is so I can build it back up and to make it better than ever was. So if you need God to take over, and I'm about to get ready to pray. Whatever anybody needs up here today, I'm about to get ready to pray for them. But if you need God to take over, you need to surrender. Whether it's your life to Christ, or you're rededicated, or you just struggling with something, you say, God, I need you to take over this thing. I need you to take over because this thing is overtaking me. Praise God, Amen. This is what the church is for, y'all. This is what the church is for. We're here to heal. We're here to set free. We're here to deliver. And so we are consumed by nothing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All we want is you, God. That's why we're here. All we want is you, God. God. else? So I'm about to get ready to pray. so you no know, I don't do I don't do the long altar calls. I, I can't scare you into nothing. I said all the time, and I continue to say that's an abusive relationship. I got to scare you. If God got to scare you, that is an abusive relationship. But if you know you need something from God, this is the last call before I pray with those. If you know you need something from God, I keep don't let the enemy keep you in your seat. Don't let the enemy keep your mind bound. If you know you need something from God. If you know, only you and God know, only you and God know. So if you know you need something from God, let today be your day. Come and get what you need from God in the name of Jesus.